Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of the Data Blitz podcast. Um, this is the Dynasty edition. So it's Tuesday, uh, Halloween. Um, I plan on just going over a few rookie risers, rookie fallers, and then kind of see who rose and fell overall throughout the week. Um, so we can get started by uh, jumping into the rookie risers section um there's some obvious picks here um you know a lot of guys really popped off this week um, you know uh, looking forward to that so first guy here is obviously will levis um will levis is a guy that was going in like the second maybe third round of um rookie drafts he was the second pick in the NFL or in the second round of the NFL draft, um, a guy that, you know, had, there were rumors of him going as early as two uh, or four, um, like over Anthony Richardson or even CJ Stroud. Um, then he kind of fell off and everybody, you know, thought because he dropped that his stock wasn't really worth much. Um, but he really showed out last week and, it was very impressive to see. Um, so Will Levis in his first start threw for 238 yards, four touchdowns, and rushed for 11 yards. Um, the guy was just throwing the ball deep. Um, he was throwing touchdowns as his four touchdowns show. Um, hit DeAndre Hopkins on, I believe, three of those touchdowns. And it's just basically kind of the best start that you could have for a rookie quarterback um especially a guy that doesn't um start until week eight so huge there ryan Tannehill is going to be out um will levis is starting this thursday up against um are they even playing pit um so looking for will i mean they're they're not favoring that game so looking for will levis to hopefully uh expand on that last performance um but it is a quick turnaround so and, and it, better defense so it's not you know the best matchup for him but i think that he will be able to um hopefully keep it rolling but definitely not four touchdowns but we'll see um my next riser is a little bit more tame um but this is a guy that you know another slower start um a start that i was a little bit uncertain about, um, you know, his quarterback, brand new to the league. Um, and that's Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo is, you know, he's pretty athletic. He is 96% speed score, speed score um, at six foot one, 226 pounds. Um, he's also, you know, the eighth pick in the second round, you know, he's 22 and a half years old. This is a guy that, produced in college, but um, I think what I'm looking forward to is him sort of establishing himself as that wide receiver two on the Panthers. Um, we've talked about Bryce Young a couple weeks here now. Bryce Young has been a consistent riser for the past few weeks. I didn't even mention him today because I think it's kind of obvious that he's taken that step forward from his first couple starts. Um, so I'm definitely happy to see uh, Bryce Young do that, so then now we kind of think 
who's the biggest recipient of that outside of Adam Thielen, it's Jonathan Mingo. Um, Jonathan Mingo put up his career high 62 receiving yards on five targets and four receptions this past week uh, against Houston. And I think we should be able to see some improvement on that and some continuation of the trend um, of Bryce Young being better. Um, He did have a couple games with higher target counts, but his four receptions is his second highest outside of the week against Detroit. Um, And it was a competitive game. It wasn't like the, the script of the game was, you know, leaning pass all the time. Um, the Panthers were in it, and uh, Jonathan Mingo got some work in a, in a competitive game, which I think is a big sign um, for him and for his production going forward. And just to kind of elaborate on that, outside of the Seattle game, um, Mingo has run routes on almost 90% plus of snaps um, through the season. So he's... Definitely a guy that is is showing that improvement. He's had the volume of routes. He's gotten some targets here and there, um, you know, but the quality of those targets, not as great. So now with Bryce Young stepping forward, he looks like he's looking Jonathan Bingo's way in addition to Adam Thielen. Um, so definitely just keep an eye on him going forward. I think Jonathan Bingo is a guy that could really expand in his role. Um, For... Rookie running backs, I like to not point out the obvious guys like Jameer Gibbs this week, um, although that would make my life a lot easier if I were to say, Jameer Gibbs, he's continuing the trend. He's doing awesome. But um, I'd say Amari DeMarcado is the guy here. Um, It seems like he's stepped into that running back one position in um, Arizona. He's... An undrafted player, uh, he's almost 25, so that's not great. But, you know, 5'10", 215, kind of that ideal running back build. Uh, he ran a 4.49, so he's not slow. He's not really fast. Um, but he's a guy that I think could have some success in this role. Will he be the long-term guy there? Maybe not. Um, I know James Conner might be coming back. Um, soon, but DeMarcado has had a couple weeks, three weeks now, over 10 carries. Uh, He had 10 against Cincinnati, 13 against Seattle, and 20 this past week against Baltimore. Um, He has also sprinkled in some receiving work with uh, games around five, four, three targets. Um, they're kind of sporadic. It doesn't seem like his role in the passing game is very established yet, but there's a chance that that gets more established. Um, this is a guy that you got for free, probably off the waiver wire. Um, so any production that you're getting out of him is a bonus. Um, and this past week, he had 20 carries for 79 yards and one reception. Um, so I'm a big fan of Dame Mercado. Um, I think... He's not somebody I'd be willing to go out and target, uh, probably be looking to move off of him, but his long-term projection has obviously taken a shift um, with him stepping into that uh, better role in Arizona. So definitely looking at him going forward as a 
you know, running back three maybe for the rest of the season. We'll see what that James Conner uh, return ends up looking like. Um, and then for the last two rookie risers, we have two tight ends. Um, and it's just a couple of guys that, you know, I predicted success for one of them. The other one has continued his success. Um, and that is Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta. So Dalton Kincaid, as we know, stepped into a big role with Dawson Knox out. Um, you know, I was, I was playing DFS and I saw that he was starting like 50% of, um, lineups in some of the, some of the tournaments I was in. And, um, I think, I think the secret of Dalton Kincaid is out. Um, he was like 3,200 in those tournaments. So he was basically free, put up 17 and a half points. Um, just a guy that is really getting the work. Um, he's coming off of a five reception, 65 yard, one touchdown game. Um, and then the week before that, uh, eight reception, 75 yards. So it seems like that work from Dawson Knox, uh, did go to Dalton Kincaid. Um, it seems like Josh Allen is looking his way a lot and they're going up against Cincinnati next week. So I would see if he continues it. Um, but it does look like Cincinnati has been not great against the, uh, tight end position at the sixth worst um, defensive matchup for that position. So they're allowing 3.2 points over expected for uh, tight ends. So I think Dalton Kincaid is another great start this week. Probably won't be as cheap. Probably doesn't matter. Um, he's a guy that has continued to show out and now he has really the volume that we want now that Dawson Knox is kind of out of the equation. Um, the other guy here is obviously Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta um, is pretty awesome. Um, he's continued to show out even in that blowout game against Baltimore. Um, he had seven targets. Wait, sorry. One second. Um, so he had that blowout game against Baltimore. Um, and then last night, they went up against the Raiders. Um, and Sam Laporta expanded on that. So it's not just a passing script thing. Uh, Laporta expanded on that with an eight reception, 57-yard, uh, one touchdown game for 19.7 PPR points. Um, so he's, even in those blow- like that one blowout game, he was getting work. Uh, he had a two touchdown game against Carolina. He, his worst game of the year from a fantasy perspective, I believe is against Tampa Bay, um, with four receptions, 36 yards. So he's been really incredible. Kind of one of the best rookie tight end seasons that I've seen ever. Um, I don't know where it stands historically, but it's really impressive. Um, so he's just balling out. I, if he doesn't regress, it's probably going to end up being the best rookie tight end season ever. So uh, definitely a guy that just continues to show out, um, get the volume that we want to see, and has consistently proven himself. So no questions over Sam Laporta yet. Um, be interested to see if he keeps us up, as I said. But 
uh, for now, I'm going to assume that he's going to. So um, we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's all I got for the rookie risers. We can jump right into the rookie fallers section. All right, so just a few guys here. Um, first off, we have Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison is incredible so far this season. I think he might be sitting somewhere around the wide receiver 10, um, which is shocking. Um, but he's obviously going to come back down to earth um, with Kirk Cousins now out with the torn Achilles. They just did go get uh, Josh Dobbs. So I'm clearly recording this a little bit late. Right around the trade deadline, actually. I think it just passed while I was recording this. Um, but Jordan Addison is going to return to Earth a little bit. Uh, we got that boost that I wanted um, from Justin Jefferson going down. Uh, but now we have the issue of so is Kirk Cousins. He's no longer there uh it, it didn't seem like josh Dobbs was able to really consistently get anybody going i know that michael wilson had a couple good games um but outside of him i don't think there was much passing volume uh getting done there um and so for that reason i think jordan addison is a faller uh we'll see if he keeps it up there's definitely still a chance that he does he's looked incredible when he's on the field um but he he could be taking a little bit of a hit here just because of that injury. Um, and then, you know, going forward, the quarterback situation in Minnesota has got even more murky. Uh, you don't really know if they're going to re-sign Kirk Cousins. I know that Vikings fans love Kirk Cousins, uh, but I think for the franchise, it might not be the best thing to do, uh, especially with when he's coming off of an Achilles injury. So check out Kirk Cousins in Atlanta next year. Um so that's all I got for Jordan Addison. So then we can jump over to Tank Dell. Um, I think Tank Dell took a little bit of a hit this past week just because he hasn't really shown out since weeks one and or since weeks two and three uh, against Indy and Jacksonville, and that trend is sort of continuing. Um, it wasn't really clear if he was going to be you know, that guy or the guy that we're seeing now, and it's still a little bit up in the air. Um, I'm sure because I'm saying this, he's going to take a big turn next week um, against Tampa Bay, but he's averaging like three targets a game, like close to like 30, 40 yards, um, and just isn't really doing very much since that game against Jacksonville. Um, it does feel like it's Nico Collins' team. Yes, Tank Dell is a rookie, um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain his volume um, or, you know, get back to that volume that he was at when he was getting, you know, seven receptions, five receptions. So those are the games where he really thrived. Now he's getting three, and he's not doing that much with it. Um so this past week, obviously, he had four targets, three receptions, uh, 16 yards. Um, so I think he's struggling to find the volume. Um, and we'll see if that volume comes back or if it stays over at Nico Collins' side. This past week was a bit of an anomaly. Um, CJ Stroud threw for under 200 yards. Um, and maybe when that 
number comes back up. We see Tank Dell come back up and get a little bit more integrated, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure what we should expect there. So um, next guy here is Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, Jaleel McLaughlin was probably at his best when Javante Williams was, was still kind of coming back and Jaleel was able to step in when he had that hip injury. Um, but now that Javante Williams is back and contributing to sort of a, a fuller extent, um, Jaleel is definitely more limited in his role. Uh, he's seen his carries dip for the f fourth straight week here. Um, so I think it's kind of Javante Williams' team. Jaleel has gotten some pass work, some rushing work. Um, he has been efficient with what he's gotten. Uh, six touches for 39 yards this past week. Uh, six touches for 46 yards the week before. But um, it's it's easier to be efficient as the change of pace back. It's kind of Javante Williams' team. Uh, Javante looked really good last week um, against the Chiefs. And I think because they beat the Chiefs when Javante looked good, they're going to give him a little bit more work. So um, I'm a big fan of Javante going forward and not so much of Julian McLaughlin unless Javante gets hurt. Um, Jaleel doesn't really have any fantasy viability. All right, next guy here is sort of tough for me. Um, it's going to be Luke Musgrave. I think Luke Musgrave is an incredible athlete, um, but it just doesn't seem like he's getting the usage that we want. You know, there's a window there uh, between weeks three and five where he had six targets in two of the two of the three games. Um, 49 yards up against the Saints. Um, but his high for receiving yards is 50 in week one. Um, he's kind of consistently been on the downtrend alongside the rest of the Packers. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be fantasy viable this year. Um, and I really wish he was. I wish any of the Packers were. Um, it just kind of feels like we're in quarterback purgatory, coaching purgatory. Uh, not sure what they're, we're going to do with Jordan Love. Uh, you know, it feels like we need a bye week, but we just had one. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do going forward. It'd just be good to get the young guys some reps uh, like Luke Musgrave, but he um, is coming off of a three target, two reception game uh, for nine yards. So, I just don't know if what way we're going. Um, so I'd give it another couple weeks, try to see what way the Packers are going. Maybe Luke Musgrave has great fantasy viability next year. Um, and obviously tight ends are slower to get started, but you know, with seeing Kincaid and Laporta, uh, Musgrave is the guy that kind of takes the biggest hit um, there. I know Michael Mayer uh, has also been a little bit questionable, but he did kind of have a fake breakout um, and he might re return to that level. Um, Musgrave really hasn't shown anything outside of week one. Um, so it could be Jordan Love, could be the coaching, but he's just a guy that's taken some hits in terms of value. 
Um, so that's everything I have for rookie fallers. So we can get into the general uh, risers and fallers right now before we call it an episode. All right. Uh, so the first guy we have here, I feel like is another obvious pick. Um, so at quarterback riser of the week, we have Sam Howell. Sam Howell uh, looked really good against the Eagles this past week. Um, threw for 397 yards and four touchdowns with one interception. Uh, he's a guy that I said, like, watch these next couple weeks against Philly and um, New England. I think they play somebody good after that, like the 49ers or something. Um Watch these next couple weeks. We'll see, you know, who the real Sam Howell is. Um, And Sam Howell has proven himself. Um, He's definitely, you know, some people are really excited uh, about Sam Howell in Washington. Um, Put up 32 fantasy points. He seems like he could be the guy going forward and and getting the guy for, I don't know, Sam Howell probably cost you a second round pick. Um, I don't know if you got him for this offseason, like probably around the same. Uh, definitely a guy that I'm a big fan of. He's been really consistent for, you know, a fifth round pick. Um, he's, you know, throwing 67% completion, seven yards per attempt. Um, and he has a sneaky 130 rushing yards. Uh, it seemed like the O-line took a little bit of a step forward the last week. Um, in the fact that Sam Howell didn't get sacked eight times. Uh, he is leading the league in time sacked and on pace to set a record over David Carr. Um, but we'll see if that continues. Um, I wouldn't get too excited about the commander's O-line, but it does seem like Sam Howell is going to continue to produce. Um, so big fan of Sam Howell going forward. Um, and I guess from there, we can jump over into Jahan Dotson. So Jahan Dotson had a really slow start to the year. Um, you know, a lot of people, he was kind of worth a first or even a little bit more than a first in the offseason. A lot of people thought Jahan Dotson was kind of, you know, maybe showing who he really is um, just because he had scored a lot of touchdowns last year. Um before he got injured and didn't do a ton in terms of yardage. Um, so now I'm looking in and I'm seeing Jahan Dotson had, sorry, it's going back and forth between 2022 and 2023. Um, so Jahan Dotson had um, 10 targets Eight receptions, uh, 108 yards, and a touchdown this past week. Uh, that's after he's coming off of his what was the best game of the season uh, at eight targets, two in the red zone, five receptions uh, for 43 yards. So he's definitely on the way up. Seems like Sam Howell is looking his way a lot more uh, with those eight and 10 targets. Um, and I'm a big fan of his outlook looking forward as he's tied to Sam Howell. Uh, And I really do think Sam Howell is going to be there to stay in Washington. Um, You know, unless Washington can't find a way to win more games next year. But we're a long way away from that conversation. Um, And I think Sam Howell will at least have 
another year in Washington. Um, and Jahan Dotson will obviously be with him. So next guy I have for overall risers is Javante Williams. Uh, we just talked about Julia McLaughlin. Um, but Javante is definitely taking steps forward. He just had 27 carries, um, three receptions on three targets for 98 total yards uh, and one touchdown against the Chiefs. So definitely seeing some improvement from Javante. This is after he had 15 carries, three receptions for 96 yards uh, against Green Bay the week before. I feel like he's kind of stepping back into his old role. Um, he's not as, you know, injured, I guess, anymore. He's recovered more than we thought he would uh, off of that ACL uh, injury. And, you know, I think the back half of the season, we should start to see old Javante get back to it and, um, you know, have, have more efficiency. Maybe he helps get the Broncos going a little bit. Uh, like it seemed like he did last week. So uh, big fan of Javante going forward. I think the volume is going to come back and really be there, uh, which is why I don't like Julio McLaughlin. Um, but Javante should be more efficient with that volume now that he's recovered a little bit more from that injury. Um, the last guy here I have for o- overall risers is Trey McBride. Um, Trey McBride was a second round pick. Um and he's really starting to show that in Arizona. Um, this past week, he had 14 targets, 10 receptions, a touchdown, and 95 receiving yards. I, I think he was a tight end one down the week. Um, Drew McBride had been trending up. I think I mentioned him at one point as somebody that was trending up. He had, like... After week five, so week six, seven, eight, he had he had five targets, six targets, fourteen targets. In that time, he also had four receptions for sixty-two yards, three receptions for twenty-nine. Not as good, but that's on six targets. And then this past week, ten receptions, touchdown, ninety-five yards. So Trey McBride definitely took a step forward. I don't know who his quarterback is anymore. Uh, they just traded Josh Dobbs like an hour ago. So I haven't really had time to look at who the quarterback is there now. Um, I, I guess Kyler Murray should be coming back in week 10. Um, and so we might just have that one week. Maybe he comes back week nine. We'll see. Um, but Trey McBride uh, definitely gets a lot of volume with Zach Ertz on the IR. Um, and it's really good to see. Um so he's a guy that pretty much costs you nothing. Uh, could probably, maybe some people can go pick him up off the waiver wire now if you're in a shallower league. But yeah, Trey McBride, definitely look at him going forward as, you know, a top, um, you know, maybe like a tight end eight, top eight tight end um, would be awesome from him. So, All right. And then we can jump over to the overall fallers. Um I think one of the biggest fallers of the week is Jordan Love, unfortunately. Um, 
I, I don't know what's going on in Green Bay, as I've made pretty clear. It just feels like we're in this weird spot where it's not really Jordan Love's fault. He's been good enough. Um, but the coaching isn't really letting him run free. Uh, and that's why we've been such a second-half team. And then we keep kind of getting ourselves in these holes. And then it's Jordan Love's responsibility to dig us out, throws an interception, and then the game's over. Um, but I think Jordan Love's fantasy value for the rest of the year is pretty tanked. Um, he has been putting up decent numbers. Um, you know, the, his first three games, he was like the quarterback eight or whatever, maybe even higher. Um, but then he was 12, then 24, and then 13. Um, and so he's kind of just been bouncing around. He's getting a little bit later. He's still probably a top 16 quarterback, maybe even a little bit higher than that from a fantasy perspective. But if you're not in Superflex, that doesn't really matter to you. If you are in Superflex, um, I guess you're probably still starting Jordan Love, but nobody's going out and acquiring Jordan Love right now because his future is a little bit in question. Um, I I still think I have faith in Jordan Love, um, but just this season, it feels like he's going to have issues uh, with his O-line. He's going to have issues um, with the coaching, and there's a potential that we do get a quarterback in the draft this year, depending on how bad uh, the rest of the year goes. Um, don't I did really think playoffs at the start of the year. Um, don't really think playoffs anymore. I had an over on the win uh, wins at nine, and I don't think we're really going to hit that anymore. So facing the realization that the Packers aren't the team that I thought they were going to be this year. I thought they were just going to rely on the run, rely on the O-line, um, try to hit, you know, Christian Watson underneath and let him run with it. Romeo Dobbs underneath. Um, and then maybe Luke Russ Musgrave as well. Uh, it seemed like they had athletes at those positions that could get some run after the catch. Um, but it just feels like we're putting Jordan Love in situations we shouldn't put him in. And that's why he's throwing interceptions. Um, it just, he's not really ready for that. I get it. He's basically a rookie quarterback. Like if, Bryce Young were to come in and have this same season, we'd be like, wow, he's awesome. I mean, just the first, you know, few games, he would have been awesome. Um, but he's a Packers quarterback, and so there's a lot of expectation on him. Um, so I'm trying to readjust those expectations into this is a rookie quarterback, uh, but we do have to either extend him or something else, I think, next year. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Jordan Love. I still like him. Um, I still think he's potentially the guy in Green Bay. Um, but other people will have you think that he is not. Um, so his value has taken a hit. Um, and because of that, so is Christian Watson's. Uh, Christian Watson's an incredible athlete. Uh, the guy had a really good span of games last year where he put up tons of good numbers. Um but it feels like he has fallen a little bit off of that. And I don't know what's really going on with him either. Uh, he had a good week in week five with 91 yards on three receptions. Uh, week seven, he had three receptions for 23 yards. 
In week eight, he had three receptions for 33 yards. Uh, he's getting targets. He had seven, five, and eight. He's just not catching a lot of them. Um, I think that that's because those targets are pretty deep downfield. Um, it's like his average target distance is 16 yards. Uh, so that's probably why he's not catching many of them. It just feels like those situations where we need to get him underneath and throw the ball to him underneath, have him run with the ball after the catch. Don't just throw it down there and expect him to get it. He's a great receiver, but it's just not happening. Um, so, I don't know. I think Christian Watson takes a hit there because of coaching. Uh, again, similar situation. Like, they're, Jordan Love's getting into these holes. Uh, the Packers are getting into these holes. Jordan Love has to bail us out. Throw the ball deep. And because of that, Christian Watson is getting a lot of targets, not many receptions, not many yards. Um, so, I'm hoping that they adjust as I said, it seems like we need a bye week to kind of regain plan this. Maybe they figured out uh, maybe this past week was an eye-opening situation. Um, but I'm not sure. And the last guy I have to go over here uh, is just Damian Pierce. Um, Damian Pierce never really had the draft capital. He was a fourth-round pick. Um, he's almost 24, and he... Um, had 12 carries last week for 46 yards against Carolina. Um, the split that he's started to develop with Devin Singletary is not ideal. Um, I have to pull up Devin Singletary's stats real quick. But yeah, Devin Singletary had 10 targets or 10, 10 carries and two receptions. Um, so that's. Basically 50-50 split. Um, the week before that, Singletary had 12 carries, one reception. And that's another 50-50 split. It feels like Damian Pierce has fallen into this 50-50 split situation with, with Devin Singletary. Um, you know, he never had the draft capital to establish himself in Houston. Um, he's obviously the red zone back. Um and had a touchdown called back this past week, which would have saved his week. But he hasn't finished higher than the quarterback or the running back 14 um, all season. And his his usage has gotten worse. Um, so I would say Damian Pierce is somebody that you want to move off of while you can, if you can anymore. Um, as Devin Singletary has kind of started to steal some of that workload. Um, okay. So that's everything I have to go over this week. I know that this was, this episode is going to come out a little bit later than I would have liked it to. Um, but appreciate you for tuning in. Um, and like subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and follow if you're on any of the other places that you can find this. Um, appreciate you for tuning in.